podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest Anfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett, and with me, I've got the full team to discuss the comprehensive 3-1 defeat at Arsenal. I've got Sai, I've got Hamza, and I've got Dr. Bartz, and we're just going to go straight into... No, no, no fluffy intros this week. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I'm going to go straight into Sai. This was a big game, and we weren't very good. We're going to look at a lot of reasons why into that, but I am going to start with a classic Bill Shankly quote. Hi, here we are at the top of the league with all these problems. So there are issues in this game. A question, the question that we want to discuss is: Are they terminal? And, and how severe are they and how, how, how are they going to repeat again? So do you want to give us your overall thoughts on the game before we get into the specifics? So we, from the from the outset, I think we tried to, if you remember when um, Arsenal played us uh, earlier in the season, that they dropped uh, their nine into a double 10 and they played nobody up front and, yeah. and they played their two wide forwards as wide as possible. He did exactly the same. They had this idea about, uh, I think Klopp tried to counteract it um, with his tactics and his setup in this game. And one of the things was to not high press. And we set up in a, in a low block, a medium block, which should have allowed the centre-backs to come out and press the tens. That a multitude of things happened and that wasn't one of them. Um, my feeling is they were, they were a bit leggy after uh, a very, very intense period and Arsenal didn't have one. Uh, and it, it ended up looking like, from a media perspective, they wanted it more. Yes, and there's, there are actually some things to evidence that, actually, aren't there? So we'll come on to those. Um, but um, same question to you. I mean, overall thoughts on the on the game before we get into specifics? Yeah, I felt much like uh, you, you guys have size overload. I thought it was interesting that Arsenal, well, as Hamza will come on to, did a similar thing to what we'd done in the FA Cup and we didn't have a response to it, whether or not, as we'll come on to, some of the the midweek game, which was high intense. I mean, we spoke about it, Chelsea being high press. High yeah, intense, I missed that one. Option. That was all fun. And I missed yeah, that Yeah, I just I think that maybe that did have an effect, but ultimately... I think also there's an issue about our second line of player. And I think there's some players playing in that game who you wouldn't depth. play in a big game. More depth issues. More depth, yeah. I think there's some, yeah. particularly, you know, we've, we've, we haven't got an injury crisis. I will, I will get that on record. I know I completely agree with that. But we have key players that you need in big games that are not available right now. And yeah. that's when you're, for me, when you're playing a top, top side, you need the system being completely synced, and I'm not sure we were in that state at the weekend. Yeah. Now, Hamza, with your um, with your job, you obviously have a very different role 
to us guys. You're surrounded by um you're you're probably one of the few Liverpool fans in the in, in the press box and, and the organization and you so you must you get a co- totally different perspectives to us. Um what was um um what was your thoughts based on, on the game and what was the what was the narrative around you in the press room? Uh, you'd be surprised how many Liverpool fans there are actually there's a, there's a, there's a so eye, eyes emoji there yeah. but, uh, I, I don't think any of them appreciate me saying who they are uh, interesting so, um, but yeah um, so we'll, we'll just list some names and you just nod if we get them right okay <laughs> uh, yeah uh, no, this is, no but um, it, it, yeah the, the media actually it was interesting uh, like you said it, it, it just because of the atmosphere there, uh, which is quite good, um, Arteta's reaction, uh, and the way that I think Arteta also treated this himself. I mean, before the match, they did their training at the Emirates. Uh, they treated it as a really big match. Obviously, they usually do the training at, uh, at Colney. Um, but yeah, uh, Arsenal, for, for them, this was, in media framing terms, this was their opportunity to either state their claim as type of challengers or this would be a two-horse race. So for them, it, they yeah. had to win uh, and then the, uh, if they wanted to be in the title race. Uh, so yeah, that, that was pretty much the, the theme which most people took uh, going into this match. Uh, and I think it's, it's probably a, a, a fair sort of framing to have uh, if, you, if you're not going too deep into the sort of statistics or underlying numbers. But yeah, I, that was pretty much the mood going into it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to look at two main themes here. We're going to look at the physical and the tactical. So we're going to start with the physical because we have who better to talk about physical <laughs> aspects than two actual sports scientists, um, not the um, sort of pretend sports scientists we're seeing a lot of in the in the recent days on Twitter. Um, but Sai, right? First of all, let's let's get the injury stuff out of the way. So Bart has already referenced the big injuries, right? Big losses, right? But injuries are are we being are we unlucky with injuries in some way or any way this at the moment this season i think it depends on the story you're willing to tell yourself if you get an injury you feel like you're unlucky with that injury and as we've talked about thousands of times on this over the last five years that very often there is a, a spate of injuries in the same position, which feels like a crisis. Yeah, domino um, effect, I think, yeah. Yeah, domino effect, yeah. I, I, I think we've managed mostly our minutes really well this season across across players. We are 12th in the league for uh, games missed through injury. Um, we are 15th in the league for, comparatively, the top 11 players used last season. Who's missing this season? Does that make sense? So, fi- so, so, fifteenth best or fifteenth worst? Fifteenth best. So there, are, there are fourteen teams above us with more with with their best eleven players. Oh, okay, all right. So that's good. That's Less. interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Obviously, there's a change of those players anyway for every team. So it's going to be slightly different. So it's quite a hard comparison. But either way. It's we are not a high, you know, risk, a high incidence of injury. We don't, we can't, we shouldn't feel sorry for ourselves. We currently have Mo Salah missing because of injury, but he would have been missing anyway, probably because of the AFCON. We knew this. Endo had gone from being a bit part player to having a 10 game period where 
suddenly he was really important to us, but we'd already got his replacement back before he left. Mm. And so in all likelihood, he probably wouldn't have been playing. Um, <clears throat> On the last pod I did, we spent the whole, we spent half an hour praising the availability of Canati and Gomez. <laughs> Still remarkable. That, um, it blows yeah. my mind that the pair of them have played um, consecutively. They have played all but one of the last 17 straight games. That lasts eight weeks. They've been for eight weeks, nine weeks now, actually, where they've played basically every game. At least yeah. the, uh, only only in only in two games were one of them missing. Okay. Which so, is remarkable. There's two percent chance of that that occurring. So uh, our injury thing isn't isn't that massive. For, we we currently have I saw ten injuries. People were talking ten injuries. We currently have six. Yeah. Have six players out injured, but that includes includes Doke. Yeah. Played. Yeah. And was never actually a first team player. Yeah. And um Bajetic, we can discuss youth player, yeah. Youth yeah. and then and and then Samikas, who yeah. who went for three seasons without getting a kick. Yeah, and then otherwise it's just Dom and Salah. You got Dom and Salah and Tiago. Yeah. And Tiago was back. back. Yeah. yeah. So at some point, players that are on the bench aren't injured anymore. Yeah. And and there's lots of conclusion jumping of oh Darwin was half fit. So so I like to put to bed this half fit nonsense, right? So forget bruises and stuff. Like players play with kicks and soreness all the time. If you miss training for a whole week, do you know how physiologically how much you'll drop off from from uh, from that? So what what are the physical characteristics you think you might lose from not training for a week? Could any of you guys guess? Well, we'll have to answer that. <laughs> I don't Physi- physiologically, I mean, you'd be a bit uh, you, uh, your proprioception may be a little bit off, sinking patterns of play, but physiologically. You won't lose a lot of fitness because you, it's a week, but uh, high-speed running, no, not so much. And you won't lose that much, I wouldn't imagine, in a week. So physiologically, you you might lose the very apex of your of your acceleration. The, the peak, the peak. Of your acceleration. Yeah. You're going to yeah. lose no endurance at all. No. You're going to lose no repeat sprints a bit. Repeat sprint. That's going to take three weeks to, before you start losing that. You don't lose any strength. Physiologically, you don't. So you yeah. can miss a week's training. It doesn't make any anyway, difference. I wasn't even going to mention Darwin because Klopp answered that riddle by saying it was tactical. And I was going to ask Hamza about that when, when we did the tactical bit. So let's just move on to, to, to the cumulative cost, though, Si. The cumulative cost of what we've done in going for the four competitions, right? Because this is something that you think is is more of a factor than injuries, yes? A hundred percent. So from from the first of January, um we played eight games, Arsenal played three. Yeah. That's because we're going for all the competitions. Yeah. That's the burden. So yeah. you can't complain about it. I can because I didn't want to do any of it, but no one else can. And and you can't stand up and go, oh, we're really unlucky. You're not. There is a consequence to you playing two games a week, every week, while everyone else has one. Yeah. And it was the same before the reverse fixture. We'd, Arsenal had a free week before we played them at Anfield, and we had to play West Ham. And yeah. after playing Man United. Yeah. 
So both both Arsenal league games, we have been in a, Arsenal have been in an excellent position to prepare for both of those games where we haven't. And they tactically did specifically do yeah. things that they yeah. had to rehearse and they got really good at and having a second go at doing this thing. So they've probably had six or seven training sessions specifically on beating us and we haven't had any. And we tried to change our tactics to beat them, and we couldn't have had any full, uh, full speed, um, all out uh, training uh, training day to prepare for them because we didn't have one. We had uh, recovery day plus one, recovery day plus two, match day minus one. Yeah, and I'm guessing the biggest cumulative cost uh, impact is is being one of our most important players, Dominic Zabozlai, because you guys did the fun, really, really fun pod against Chelsea where it was the best heavy metal performance for four years, probably. And um, it was just an absolute force of nature watching that game in the stadium was just unbelievable with Bart's. But, um, and then, right, let's just clear up on Zoblo, right? He doesn't get injured during the Chelsea match. He comes off perfectly normally, right? And this is something that's happened either in training or after the game, right? So what's your best, what's your, what's your best guess on well, Zoblo? In, in all likelihood... Uh, so I thought he was sick, but in all likelihood, uh, he had he felt the injury afterwards. It's, it's not uncommon at all that you don't feel some kind of pull during a game because the adrenaline is flowing so much. So he, he went off and then he ha- happened to be injured afterwards. He, ha- he happened to have caused the injury during the game, but he didn't feel it just because of in all. It's very possible that he was on painkillers anyway, but mm. it could have just For been a hammy. Good. But you've always said you can't play through hammies. That's what you've always, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Can't. Yeah. So, um, and there's been rumours today that, you know, can't claim and counterclaim about the injury and the extent of it. Um, and you just want to wrap up what you've seen and what you what your hunch is on Sobo? Well, what I've seen is it's not as bad as first thought. He'll, so he'll only miss three or four weeks. So it's a grade one. So no, that's a great two. I don't, I don't know how bad three uh, it was supposed to be. I've only ever seen three or four weeks, but uh, you can, you can spin it however you like, can't you? Oh my God, he is out for four weeks. That's that's eight games. Or are uh, it's, it's not as bad as first thought. He's only out for four weeks. Yeah. However you like, four weeks. <laughs> so is, is a kick in the a kick in the yeah. nuts. So he came back against Norwich. Did he come back and start too soon against Chelsea? People are going to want. People who are listening to this pod are going to always say, did we play Zobo too soon? and re-injure him? Well, I think the pr- I think it's, it's easy to be, to play Monday morning quarterback. Yes. Yeah, hindsight's well, a wonderful thing. The answer thing. isn't my judgment. The answer is he got injured. He re-injured it, the same issue. So, yes. Yes, there's, there's, it's just fact. It's not us saying this or that. It's just the fact that that happened means he he came back too early before he was ready. Yeah, but yes, but um, the reason Zobo was in this position in the first place is, say? He was overplayed too early. At, on November the 2nd, he'd played 71% of his of his typical season and we were 31% of the season done at that time. Yeah, so we, we, he got absolutely hammered August to December, didn't he, basically? Created a massive f- de- debt of fatigue in his system. 
which okay. we saw, mm. which at first presented itself as uh, neurological and, as, as Bart said, proprioceptive. So he looked like he was off form. He was still able to produce all of the functions. So all of the running, it didn't slow him down. It's just that when he got there, he was a little bit tired, he was a little bit off. So his skill looked worse until that skill manifested itself in a running mechanic, which pulled his hamstring. Yeah. And it's fair to say, just like other players, he has played a lot in cup games. That has to be noted. Dom, Dominic Zabosla has played a lot of minutes in cup games. And so it's just all added to the cost of the build-up, yeah? Yeah. So it's a cumulative cost, I think, is the best way to put it, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, finally, on this one, um, I always like to talk about the Bob Paisleyism of um, you need eight players to carry the piano and three players to play it. I always worried last year about our ability to carry the piano at all. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the piano probably squashed the lads who were trying to lift it up. Um, this season, we've been very good at it. Chelsea was probably the pinnacle we've seen. Sorry, I remember you waxing lyrical about our performances with the uh, with the sprints against Chelsea. I think it was a record. Do you think it was the third highest sprints total by any team in the Premier League this season? Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. Uh, and it was, and the, then highest, what it was the second most intense game of the season. And what happened three days later? Three days later. What did we Dro- see in the numbers Dro- against Arsenal? We lost, we lost what would have been... what We lost 54 sprints, which is two and a half players. Two and a half really hard-running players. Yeah. And we outrun Chelsea by, was it 5k, I think? And yeah. then we lost the run into Ch- to Arsenal by... Uh, four. So it's like a one-player swing in in a match. Yeah. But these are big. These are big. And these are big. When you've got a deficit like that to a team like Arsenal of half a player in in total distance, two in two players of sprints, that is a huge margin in 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 a in a one v one contest, isn't it? So- just think of the gaps. Yeah. That's what happens. You just end up getting gaps in your formation. And if you look, we can talk about this as we get into Against that. Chelsea, we had no gaps at all. We were absolutely watertight. And we pressed as, as yeah. synergistically together. Absolutely. As yeah. And then, and then all, all that happens is you get, you replace some of those players with lads that uh, maybe aren't quite as primed for, for such high, high intensity actions or that don't that don't functionally know the timings of when everybody's supposed to move, create a gap, or you get some lads who are just a bit tired, creates gaps. And Arsenal are the second best team in the country at, uh, at punishing gaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah, we should be all, all our hands up. They are a very good team. And we would be, but we have said this in this pod multiple times this season, how good Arsenal are. Um, so, Bart, before we move on to the tactical stuff, is there anything you just want to add to all that, the, the, on the physical side? No, I think the key points for me as well is all of those elements aside, just latterly mentioned there, were down the same side of the pitch. So you, mm. your players that were physically not in sync, uh, yeah. proprioceptually not not in sync, and equally not up to speed of working as a team in those units were all down the same side of the pitch and up yeah. against their quickest player. Um, the only thing I would say is slightly, I know I'm not saying that we didn't, uh, we, we, there isn't a reason why we couldn't have run more, but we, we did set up slightly differently as Chelsea. We didn't do high press. So there's less of a, maybe a slightly different demand that we were trying to tailor a little bit. But um, yeah, I think there's, 
I think you, like your analogy of carrying a pla- carrying a piano. I think if you you can carry players, not my not mine, but the the great like, the great the great man. But I think that's important. But equally, yeah. you can carry players in a system, but I don't think you can carry them all down the same side of the pitch. No, that's and a really think, good point. You want you want those three in the same zone of the pitch, would you? No, no. And we chatted a lot about it on the Chelsea podcast. Plus, they weren't really play, plus they weren't really playing it anyway. No, but we chatted on the Chelsea pod about how you play your fullbacks with your wide players, yeah. and I think we went completely against that in this game. And we also had three of the players. We took, you know we spoke about it on Wednesday night. The fact that our right side oh. was the complete engine for Bradley Zabozlay Jota. Bradley Jota was was amazing, and then. It yeah. happened in the Chelsea game as well. We took that entire unit off and yeah. we dropped off for 10 minutes and Chelsea scored. Now, this in this game, we started with a unit that is never going to function as well because they haven't played together as much and they're uh, second string players. And I don't know what you call Chelsea. a second string player. No, no, no. I mean, I'm saying further <laughs> forward. Cody and yeah, Grab yeah. are second yeah. string players, right? So, yeah. and Arsenal were better than Chelsea. Yes. So they took advantage completely of the fact our right side because they put Martinelli in there. I mean, it's not tactical genius. What how they how they enabled to get the ball to Martinelli is smart, and I'm sure Hamza will come onto it. But fundamentally, they targeted the area. I don't think they expected a set up with three of our uh, most out of sync players in the same area of the pitch. I'm not sure anyone would have expected that. But they set up to exploit the area, and they got got more than I think they did. They expected because we set up with three players who weren't on it. Yeah. Well, can I, can I just add, quickly add to that uh, before? Punishing Hamza with having to speak at some point. Um, the the I've got Gakpo, lots of questions for Hamza. Don't worry. Gakpo has five hundred and ten minutes in his career at top at, at the top level playing right wing, and um, Gravenberg, uh, from what I see, has four hundred and ten minutes playing right side of midfield. Yeah, and to be fair, Cody has played about six different positions this season. It's crazy how much he's moved around. Yeah. He's not given a run in a consistent role, is he? That's for sure. No, and you can't do that against top sides. I'm sorry. No. You just can't get away with that. And we didn't. <laughs> so, on that one, leading straight into Hamza on that one, Kloppo maybe surprised a lot of people by saying straight after that um, Gakpo over Nunes was not injury, it was tactical. What did he make of that, Hamza? Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. 
what did he because Kloppel didn't really explain why it was tactical, did he? So what we have to try and do that job for him now. Yeah, uh, it becomes given the importance of Nunez in the um, the FA Cup match. Uh, yeah. And the Chelsea game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but the reason I mentioned the FA Cup matches is because of the similar tactics Arsenal used, right? The, Absolutely. Man to man press system at the top end. Of, uh, well, when they pressed high, they went man to man. So they'd leave themselves at the back 3v3 on occasion. Uh, if you're going to leave yourself 3v3, uh, then you have to back yourself to win those duels. Uh, if, you, if you look at how like Van Dijk and Canate defended, to be fair to them, they won all their aerial duels. So when, when they yeah. were in those contests, they won them, they dominated them. So Liverpool would have expected that. And if you want to dominate those duels or have an advantage there, you probably want to put your strongest, quickest player in those situations. Uh, and we knew sort of what the match would be because Ben White, Saliba and Gabriel make sense as a, as a back three that are going to defend that space because uh, Saliba's quite quick. Gabriel's been in the air. Yeah. Uh, ben White sort of does a, Bit of both, not not as good, but he, he does a bit of both. He's, he's got a nice turn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and uh, Zinchenko isn't the player to do that. Um, so yeah, if you're going to have that matchup, ideally you would want someone with that power and yeah. speed like Nunez to win those contests when either win the first ball or be able to play in behind. Them. So, given all you just said, is we we're, we're all nodding violently in agreement. What was the tactical choice for Cody over? And more of a Cody on the right, then. What? Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm at a complete loss on this one, you see. I think, I, I, I don't know, but this is my idea. I think the idea was to have Trent wide as yeah. the free man. So uh, usually in the man-to-man system, there will be a free player. Uh, often, if you go man-to-man, usually... Uh, the team that's pressing, their striker, if there's, if it's just one striker, will press against two centre-backs because yeah. they want to have a 4v3 at the back. That's yeah. usually how it works. Arsenal didn't quite do that, but but with that sort of system, that means you usually get a spare man. Uh, but because you've got the goalkeeper anyway, you also still have a spare man uh, because their goalkeeper obviously isn't going to press man-to-man. I think the idea was that Trent would go out wide, uh, Canata would match up with uh, Martinelli on the left on, yeah. on Arsenal's left and Trent would be the outlet ball and then he could then uh, access the forwards with balls in behind and yeah. play it didn't work but and Cody would Cody uh, would what, occupy was, pin pin um, Zinchenko occupy Zinchenko yeah, interior yeah. So, 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 so I think the idea was as a left footer Cody would come inside more and be able to offer uh, a regular outlet for Trent to build with rather than Nunez, who would be going in behind. Yeah. So you have uh, an ability to to sort of establish a quick sort of passing network on that right side, a little hub to play through. So you play into Trent, Trent into Gakpo, and then you get inside or you play or it's a yeah. one-two and Trent gets around the outside. I think that was the idea. It, it might be wrong. So it sounds like, when it sounds like it's much more plausible than anything I've come up with, Hamza, but, and, and, but I think we can safely say by the fact that Cody Gakpo only had six passes in an hour, uh, it didn't really work in any way. <laughs> so, okay. So let's just talk about the other thing as well. Um, this season, we've always been talking about inverting fullbacks to build the extra man into midfield and, and, and allow us an extra body in midfield, all those things that that brings. This game, we had Trent Alexander on the pitch. 
But the player that we inverted was Joe Gomez, right? Now, after the game, Klopp was asked about it and he said, I would do it again. So what was the plan? And if it didn't work, why was Jürgen saying, I would do it again? What are you thinking there? Uh, that, I, I mean, I was sort of reaching to sort of try and find a, an answer to why Trent was out wide, but that, I, I don't know. You, you, you should have said, you know, Jürgen, you know, when you go out the other way out the press conference, Jürgen, got on that comment just next time. <laughs> just, what did he mean by that? <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that one I'm, I'm not too sure about because uh, I remember in the 22nd minute, it, it looked like the, the camera sort of went to um, Linders and, and Klopp on the on the on the touchline, and it looked like they was telling Trent to come in field. And very briefly, yeah. around a minute, he did come in field. Yeah, uh, I, I think the idea was was just to to spring something different on Arsenal because from Liverpool, the expectation would have been that they would have expected that. Trent. Trent would come inside and they'd man mark Trent. Yeah. Uh, so then the free man would be Gomez. Uh, and Gomez, as a right footed player on the left, is going to play passes infield. And if they're playing a 4 4 2 block, then that's going to be a congested area and that's not going to offer too much. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the idea was to. Uh, I think that, that, that would have been the tactic. And I, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit at a loss to explain. So, because the, the way I was, the way I was thinking about it, you see, in my very uh, limited way, was that you know we thought we talked about the four phases of play, right? When we were in build-up, and Gomez was inverted, it didn't really add any value to our possession play because I mean Joe's a, deep, a good defender, but he's not Trent in midfield. He's not going to add that extra special value. Then when we lost the ball quickly and Arsenal were in transition, both Joe and Trent were out of position high. So there was cheap balls in behind for both Saka and Martinelli. So it was a bit of a double whammy there. And then when Arsenal were actually in full build, and then Joe dropped back down into the back four anyway to form a back four, that didn't help us in any way with with the double ten issue. So we were completely caught between two stalls and all phases there, I thought. Well, it's interesting. So like, if you take the... There were moments, just like brief flickers of where the tactic almost worked so just before Arsenal's first goal Cody Gakpo has a shot and this McAllister, is, yeah. yeah yeah this is actually quite good so I'm, just, I'm actually just going to get the the clip up so I can describe it um program's crashed but uh, I've got notes on it so I can describe it anyway uh what essentially happens is uh we'll build up there's a throw on the left side Bogus Allison Allison plays out uh into McAllister uh, Gravenberg at this moment pulls wide and because because Arsenal are defending in a man-to-man uh, structure at this moment and I'll come on to this in a second uh, he's followed out wide and Jota at the same time pulls infield and that opens up a passing lane to Cody Gakpo and they play the pass here yeah. and uh, what this is is the reason I, I just said I come on to this is when you're playing man-to-man and zonal uh, you have to choose when to shift between systems and this is a moment where Arsenal don't get, quite get it right the front two are playing man to man and they're pressing forwards yeah. the midfielders see where the ball is they see the Arsenal midfielders that is they see where the ball is they see there's opportunity for, for Liverpool to play forwards and they're thinking we should drop off into our four four two block rather than jump up and likewise yeah. the defenders are in that, 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 that sort of asking that question as well what should we do should we go, should we jump with with the forwards or should we drop off? And they 
think we probably shouldn't. And that little moment of indecision where the midfielders follow man-to-man and the defenders go, we should drop, opens up the opportunity for that pass to get played and then Gapa gets a shot off. There's another uh, example of something similar in the 18th minute, so 17-17. Uh, the ball actually goes out of play, but again, McAllister's involved in a similar sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, that I think might have might have been one of the tactics that might just have been yeah uh, something to that the players just picked up on in that moment and and saw the space as they moved apart. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I can't remember exactly why I came to that point, but um, there were moments where you saw oh yeah they could yeah. get there to to get through Arsenal and uh, and and work for their system, but the, those were very. There wasn't many times when Arsenal's no. system broke down through like you know whereas you know they were very very disciplined weren't they? and they were also extremely aggressive tactically really aggressive and they're pressing all over the pitch but can, um, can i say this is where one of the the uh physical issues manifested um okay. is if at any time that the, there was a full screen so the the camera panned out and you got a good angle of the pitch um when we were in deep possession you could see how it looks that the defender, whoever's in uh, in possession, was a little ponderous. Um, but we were taking two or three touches at least in every each possession of every player. And but when you zoomed out, the problem was everybody else was walking or stood still. Against Chelsea, there was constant movement. Mm. So everybody was was looking for an angle. They were making that pass and then creating an extra angle or. They were they were looking to commit a defender to create an angle for somebody else. In this, we were just they were sat in the as as Hamza said in their zone marking, and we just let them. We never tried to. We we our physical limitations in this game, uh, or maybe it was some psychological psychological that we were trying. We weren't trying to press the situation, both physically and metaphorically. Um, that we were happy to recycle possession and and allow periods significant periods of the game where nothing happens because that is a tactic as well. Yeah. I I wonder if that was part of our tactics, but it it ended up manifesting way too long for periods that that we were then caught like Hamza was saying in between man and zonal, and we if you look at the big chances that we created, we conceded. Yeah. It was because we missed one man and none of the not of the people that anybody else is talking about. If you look where it comes from, it all comes from left back, their left back. Um and their left back making it wasn't necessarily Zinchenko, but it was their left back zone, and it was them making a pass completely unmarked, completely yeah. without pressure, because yeah. our right sided um attacker or the eight that was supposed to replace the right sided attacker was either too late or completely dropped off. And yeah. so they had Complete, we could do whatever he likes, Gabriel over there. We could do whatever he likes, or Zinchenko, whoever was in there. And even Jorginho kept dropping in, into that space. And when you don't have any pressure and there's gaps down the side, it doesn't even have to be that good a pass. You can just put a, a ball down the channel. Or, which is, school, what, yeah. which is yeah. what happened for their first goal. And, and, it also, and also the big chance before they, goal. Also the big chance before they scored as well. The Saka. Yeah. 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 So that's just saying. The first, so those three big chances that they got, they yeah. all came from no pressure from our right wing. Yeah. Yeah. Um but um so on the tactical stuff, um you've got some pretty pretty strong thoughts on on, on this on the first half setup and um so where do you want do you want to build on what um 
Hamza was saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Hamza's right. We were kind of caught, and you were right. We were caught in between two stores with Joe coming in or not. But I also think we would... CJ's had success high up against Arsenal, against Ben White particularly. Yes. If you, if you invert Joe, remembering Joe isn't going to go on the overlap. CJ can go wide up, wide left. I think some of that movement to move invert Joe was to enable us to get CJ on the ball higher up in the left side of the of the attack, which means Jota could come inside. Yeah, because otherwise we weren't going to get any natural width on our left hand side. You know, so or not left. You know, what I mean, it's it's the way we you position a player. We know CJ can recycle the ball. We know he's a good presser. I know he weren't high pressing, but it's about stopping that ball at source. And it's, I think, up some maybe some of that movement of Joe in there meant that CJ could go up and support stopping that ball at source. And as I just said, none of those long balls came from the left-hand side. So yeah. there's an element of me that suggests that that worked. The problem was the right-hand side. The other thing I was going to say with Cody was that Sushenko actually inverts a lot. So maybe some of the thinking there was Cody would yeah. drop on Sushenko when he inverted and yeah. stop it at source. Actually, in the game, Sushenko didn't do that. Yeah. He just played as a left back, which meant Cody, I think, might have been caught in two stalls. Doesn't play right wing, as we said, because size highlight. But also played. Trent doesn't have no space either. Try no space. So you yeah. I think that the two elements there, rather than us ending up having CJ and Cody both pressing in that on that double six or wherever you want at source of the ball, we ended up with the left side locked up, not a problem, but the right side was completely free because also didn't do what we expected them to do. You know, all of last season, Sushenko was famous for coming in yeah. and playing in there, right? He didn't yeah. do it in this game. It wasn't yeah. what they asked their left back to do. They just asked their left back to well, put it in the channel. It's just it's just another thing about indicative of in every phase of the game, tactically, Arsenal were two steps ahead of us. Uh, you know, yeah, and also that that the influence of that right A, and I, I don't want yeah. to have is that Mac, as you said in the chat, ended up having two players either side of it. And yeah. the touch match says, if you look at yeah. the touch match up to first half, yeah. their two tens are either side of Mac in the half spaces. <clears throat> yeah. And Mac is trying to do both of them on his own. And some of that is because we're caught in between and we haven't brought the players back because they're not yeah. in sync with the well, not, It's not players dropping back. It's the problem is that dropping two tens instead of a nine, if you're man-to-man, who's, half. who's better? It's the centre-halves. Yeah. Yeah. Centre-halves yeah. have got to press out with them. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't. So nah. they were stood marking nobody, which means everybody else was occupied. Well, and they created one spare man for, for Arsenal all the time because we had two that were marking nobody. Well, this so, that was my biggest that was my biggest issue with the, the with the Gomez inversion, because he didn't stay there when Arsenal were in build up. Right. Yeah. And then as soon as Arsenal were building, he went back to left back. And that's when, you know, then then they had the two on one either. So, but he I mean, has Max, to Saka, Saka and, and Martin yeah, exactly. really but, wide. So yeah. he has to be there. Yeah, I know. Centre-backs have to press out on their tens. And, and exactly. But I'm just saying that was the that was the most few and just final one on the on the on the Gomez thing. It's like it's really weird that we've we we just we we talked about it constantly for the first two months of the season and last ten games of last season. It was it was raw, it, but it was getting it was signs of getting better. November and December, there were signs that the team was really starting to click better with what to do with Trent inverted. We just haven't played enough with Joe doing that role. We're not practiced enough at it yet, and we but we choose to line up with it in a massive game. Yeah, is that fair? Also, I think that's fair. But also, as we said in the last pod, the combination of fullbacks. You were looking normally when you invert one fullback, the other fullback is up and attacking. We didn't do that in this game. Yeah, we had Joe trying to invert. <laughs> And we had Trent not doing the high and wide. He was playing right back. So yeah. you, you've got 
the way our system is lopsided set up, you've got to do that. Otherwise, it becomes non-functional. You can't so, get support up top. So before we talk, to, before we start talking about the match itself and the events of the match itself, just the final postscript on the tactics is one of. I think this is a really, really good example of we make a really basic tactical change at halftime. Barts, yeah, really simple, and we we all we essentially completely simplify our game plan, right? Um, and we, I would say. First half, galaxy brain. Second half, very basic, very simple. And all we, we just moved Jones back into a double pivot with um, Mac and put Gomez into a back four, right? And, yeah, and for the first 13 minutes of the second half before we made our subs, we were, I think, I'd, I, it's, you could say we were I on thought we were, the game. I, I, yeah. thought we, I thought we'd got, and control was a difficult one. I wouldn't quite go as far as control. But, but we, we had, had the a, same personnel. We had, if you look at position, we were in their half. We yeah. are centre-halves on the ball, which is something we hadn't done all the first half. So it, that change enabled us to get higher up the pitch. Even in the first five minutes, Diaz has been three times down the down the full-back yeah. channel. One of them, he chose to not cross it when he should have done. The other one, he crossed it at the wrong time. But I'm just saying, we were getting that rapid. Diaz was being... We were isolating Diaz against full-back, something we didn't yeah. do entire first half. So, yeah, you're right. A simple change, and, and we were immediately getting success. And even with those players that everybody's being mean about on the internet, right? Those three players, they were all out there again for that... Start the second yeah. half, but it was the simple tactical change that simple, ultimately and you've made got, the biggest difference. You got two in front, and it yeah, it, it was just I thought whether they we just what did we change on 60, 58 or something? Yeah, fifty eight, yeah. fifty eight, yeah. yeah. And then that well, that's a different story. We'll come on to that. But that that was probably our period where if we were going to seize the moment, that was probably it. And we had two I mean, or three balls in a box that we probably should have done better with. Uh, Hamza you used to do a wonderful podcast with Paul Douglas for this channel called uh, the Tactics Weekly. Um, just, was this just a really nice illustration of the value of tactics and the simplicity of tactics in, in affecting changes, the half-time yeah. switch? Yeah, it was. Uh, and it, it seemed just... I, I, I'm going to go on a slight tangent here about the man-to-man press because uh, there, there's a number of different ways you can sort of deal with what they did. Uh, for example, one thing you could do is try and stretch them as much as possible. If they go man-to-man... Uh, what you this this example is going to be a bit risky, but uh, you could, if you wanted, put your centre backs really really deep alongside the goalkeeper and encourage the opponents to to step up because that increases the space between their forward line and well their most advanced forward and their deepest defender. And if there's more space between them, then it's easier to play through. So you could do that. Uh, you could try and find the spare man. Uh, there's a few ways to do that. You could do a sort of Brighton thing where you bring as you keep bringing more players back and back and back and leaving like four on four at the back or three on three. Uh, uh, when I say at the back, I mean against their defenders uh, and create that overload. Because like I said, you've got the goalkeeper. Uh, you can um, uh, and, and yeah, so you, you can encourage them onto you by just dropping more and more players and say, yeah. okay, are you going to leave the middle of the pitch free? Because if you watch Brighton. Often you'll yeah. see that there'll, there'll be loads of players towards their own box and their own third, a big gap, and then the final line. Uh, did you did you see um, a Mikel Antonio on Monday Night Football talking about Brighton? Uh, I, I didn't know. He was very good actually because the way he described it, it was a Brighton. They're taunting you. They're, ta- they're taunting you to come and get to come and get them. So come and get it. Come and get the ball, lads. Come and get the ball. And that's what they want you to do. And and they, you know to try and almost like the trade off of having the discipline, not just to sit in and not go after chasing the ball. So it was really interesting. Because somebody who played from a David Moyes team, obviously, who've had success against West Ham by sitting in and countering. Yeah. 
I, I saw that quote as well that he was told that um, don't take shots from outside the area. I think he just sort of took that yeah. out, don't take shots. He's averaging like 0.3 a game this season. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, another thing you could do is take on the players that are pressing you. Of course, that, that, that requires a player that can beat a press. Yeah. So for example, you, you could make... Uh, like we used to do with Leeds, just be better than them physically, yeah. one to man to man. Yeah, Exactly that. And then that also depends on physicality. And like the Nunez probably made earlier, yeah. uh, if you've got a player that's quicker or stronger than the other players, then suddenly you can beat the man to man press. And what that means you've now got a plus one. And if you've got a plus one, you can cause all sorts of problems. Uh, so yeah, there's a few different ways you can sort of... Um, uh, do, uh, and the other one, of course, and Liverpool didn't have the opportunity to do this because they went a goal down quite early on, is to give up possession, let them have the ball, yeah. and play play long and direct. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, but that's what we did in this. That's what we did in the FA Cup game. Later on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that that, that I guess um, having majority of possession didn't quite help for Liverpool because, uh, like you said, Gomez comes in field and. Uh, Trent stuck out wide rather than being able to affect but I, yeah. I don't think that was the plan I think I, I imagine this may have fed into the Nunez decision as well uh, that Liverpool may have the coaches may have thought it would have been a bit more even during the first half without an early goal and they would have preferred a sort of tactical nous of Gakpo and Jota and Diaz in terms of defending that that first pass in, in Arsenal's build-up to avoid what happens when uh, Arsenal score their first goal as in Arsenal playing through a Liverpool press, because Nunez, as much as he has improved, you take the City match earlier this season, there are a few moments where Rodri slipped in behind him, and Nunez thought he was in his cover shadow, and he just sort of made a few movements and lost him. Um, but yeah, uh, that may have fed into that decision as well. But, but to come back to your original point, yeah, that's an, that right there in the, the start of the second half is an example of how simple tactics can be really important and change a game because the way the first half played was um, definitely uh, pretty much all Arsenal. Yeah. So, anything else you want to add on to the tactical stuff before we move on to talking about the match? No, we. T- I think I think we've done it to death. I think uh, it. I'm not sure how much the tactics ended up being the root cause of the outcome. Like the XG was high, no, because because of set pieces and their goals yeah. came because of mistakes, which weren't tactics; they were just errors. mistakes. Yeah, errors, errors. Yeah, I think the thing I is the tactical the, stuff the, was that we, we created we nothing. Yeah, we got an we got an amazing outcome at half time, despite being absolutely schooled. Yeah, that was a thing. And then the second half, we start it well and then give it away through the errors. So yeah. You know we had the same threat as Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Give, give Arsenal's XT, you know, Mark, EPV Mark or XC, whatever you want to call it. But Albert like, being hammered yeah. first half was one was one piece of good play, which ended up in the Saka header yeah. early on. A mistake and two corners. Yeah. I mean, Arsenal play well. I'm not dismissing Arsenal play well. They converted their XT to XG, right? Which I just did this all time. <laughs> no, but I think I was just saying what they did with their, their threat was they converted it to XG and chances. We yeah. didn't do that. Yeah. But to say yeah. that we, even if at the end of the game, the EPV value is only up by 0.1. I mean, that's like, yeah. so it's just saying you, we, we just couldn't convert anything we had to so, a decent chance. Okay. So, I'll just very quick. I think between the boxes, Liverpool were dominated. Uh, I think that's fair to say, but in the boxes, it was just mistakes that sort of characterise the game. Yeah, uh, 
but yeah, to, to get dominated between the boxes is something. But often I remember seeing a yeah between the boxes is all just smoke. Was his phrase the sharp end? Yeah, what happened in yeah. the boxes. Yeah, the annoying thing is, is we didn't force Arsenal to beat us in the second half after getting back into it. Yeah, and um, so. I, um, one of the biggest stories, though, for us was our ineffectiveness going forward. Um, we were, we can we can say how good or not Arsenal were, you know, actually what they created, but our attack was indisputably awful. What was your main yeah, thoughts on the first half in, in what we could get, what we could? We know, we know Arsenal got a good defence, to be fair, right? They've got the best defence in the league, but we were poor. If you go back to what do you our... see as the biggest problems with us in, in going forward? Do you remember our um, uh, that pod where we where we created like the list of seven ways that we score? Yeah, season ago. Yeah. They they all still they're st- all still relevant now. We created yeah, nothing, we created nothing through gag and press because we were playing yeah. mid block and allowing them to do whatever they liked. We yeah. weren't in a, we were never in a set possession where we were creating. Um, risky passes in the right zones of the pitch so that we could high press and go get him back. We didn't do any dribbling to beat a man in midfield to to go and uh, uh, Gravenberg aside uh, to go and what um, Hamza was saying create uh, create any kind of um, number numerical overload by taking a player out from beating him. Um, we weren't doing anything any individual. Like there was no individual brilliance and there were no moments where two players were doing something really well together in a systematic way to create any instability in their defence. So we were playing exactly the way they wanted us to play in exactly the areas of the pitch they wanted to, wanted us to play. And we couldn't impose what what is the, the team we are this season is a team that physically dominates the opposition. And... At no moment in the game did we physically dominate them. And they're Arsenal, for God's sake. They're a bunch of pussies. <laughs> they they aren't a physically dominant team. Yeah. They aren't close to to, to dominating any of the physical metrics. Distance or sprints, they're just well, they mid-table. High intensity running, none of that stuff. Yeah. They're 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 in the top ten, but they're not close to being the being at the top. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't create any of those op- those challenges for us. Yeah, our just, our yeah. high numbers from like aerial duels and stuff they yeah. came about because they were lo- because they wanted the second ball. They weren't up contesting with with Ibu and and Van Dyke. They were letting them win by basically ha- doing what we used to do with Bobby, having a throwaway somewhere near them that maybe can nudge one when they're in the air and cause consequences. Oh, like literally exactly happened and they scored from. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. 
So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, so, Bart, um, you've got the stats pack. Obviously, we'll say a question for you, though, on that, right? Yep. Is, is the stats line too harsh on us? Um, you know, the headline stats pack. We know the scoreline was, was 3-1 in the end. Um there's been a lot trying people say downplay considering three and a half XG and all that kind of stuff. What do you, what do what do you think when you take that holistic view of the numbers you've got for this? I think there's there is some truth in what I said about the errors. I think that does contribute to a high amount of XG. I mean, let's be honest here. You know, if your keeper and your centre half basically collide and the guy's got an empty net, that's going to create a high amount of XG, right? Yeah. Um, and then we we give them a chance. The first one is equally is through. It's basically a tapping. That all of the all of the goals were were high opportunity chances that we let them let them have is probably they're created but they're still mistakes i think there's there are some things in the numbers that are worried like we well, there was 15 jewels and we only on one ground jewel says that's wow. that's a really low amount for us so i get what i was saying about the aerial but when it came down to the floor we didn't do anything we didn't win it we didn't compete against arsenal um, if you look at the touch zones and going back to what Holmes were saying, we didn't get, we didn't have any passes, any touch in zone 14, which has been our clear area. Not one. Chelsea, not one. So Jesus. if you look at where we are, it, it, well, there might be some bit, little bits around the edge, but the main bulk of it, which is what we were great against Chelsea, we had players in the half spaces. We had a player spinning off it from zone 14 to create. We didn't do that. I know we were playing Jota there and he, he drops off, but it meant you had a U which is going back to we didn't have any pressure on their base to build from. Um, Size point about they shifted us into areas where they wanted to play. They wanted us that wide. They had two fullbacks that weren't attacking in that day and they had two sixes either side. So they can double up on our, where they were yeah. going to go. So they control exactly where we want to play. So I don't, I think there's elements of the stats where you go, yeah, like the conversion of EPP to, to XG shows you that we did create something we just didn't convert it. But then there's other elements where you look at the zonal stuff and where we took our touches, the, zool, the, the jewels and the rest of it, which just shows you that we played exactly how Arsenal wanted us to play. We didn't yeah. exert ourselves at well, that, all on the that's, that, well, that, that's 100% a product of tactics. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it comes down to one huge error just after half time, right? Let's be frank. Yeah. Because I, I thought, I hold my hands up. I thought, well, we'll see this game out one or job done. And we'll get out of here and we'll just, we'll just go, yeah, fine. It was bad yeah. at the office. And then BVD is that. And I'm like, well, we've lost. Yeah. I didn't see us getting back in the game. But so, yeah, it comes down to one error. But still, we largely did what Arsenal wanted us to do. So I've got yeah. one. So Hamza, first 10, um, there was a lot of Arsenal pressing on us. So essentially, it was a 50 50 possession game. Um, but our. Ours was very deep. We were really pinned into our half. And I think it was so after the first 10 minutes on Skype, some of 52% was in our third. Or maybe our half, I can't remember. Anyway, at the ball. But yeah, it was, there was nothing, we were under pressure a bit, but then Arsenal got that big, massive chance for Saka on the, on, on, on you know, the counter-attack. Yeah, that was from uh, the, the quick throw from, from Raya uh, into Martinelli. Uh, yeah, it, I, I think uh, I, I've been rewatched on triple speed, so it looks kind of harder on, on, on my screen. But uh, yeah, Martinelli guns it down the line, uh, beats a. Must have sprinted about 60 meters. <laughs> yeah, and he, he got ahead of Canate, which, which takes some doing. And the cross across was good, uh, and Saka just heads it wide. It's a really good chance. He should score um, that. But, God, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's a direct attack. It's. Um, 
it's not sort of a, a chance generated from structured developed possession sequences, uh, yeah. which is a problem, I guess, Arsenal have had all season, actually. They, they don't tend to actually create much in terms of open play from their sustained possession, uh, often because they're playing against teams that sit back and don't offer them much. Uh, Liverpool are quite different in that. But yeah, uh, that was the first big chance. And then uh, a minute later, that, that, that Gakpo chance I mentioned, where... Yeah, yeah it was nice. Manipulate the ball quite nicely. It's not a big chance, obviously. Uh, no, he just drags it wide, doesn't he? Uh, but uh, it, it showed that there were spaces for the ball to attack uh, if they weren't properly with the smart and intelligent movement. Uh, and there was some indecision within Arsenal about how to, when and where to press. Uh, so yeah, uh, that, that first period wasn't like uh, wasn't great, but there were sort of encouraging moments. And then, of course, the goal comes. Yeah, and then the goal was very nicely worked unfortunately um, mm-hmm. and it was a direct product of two very good players being on either side of Alexis McAllister and he can't deal with both of them yeah the, the build up is really nice to be fair uh, that, the, the work it from the goalkeeper to the right side back in field uh, to the left then back to the right and then back to the left again uh, and the way they should spring it um, one thing that Liverpool might not have expected is Jorginho to play uh, and in this moment, sort of, um, Burke is trying to sort of, uh, he, he doesn't cover the pass into Jorginho. Uh, so Curtis tries to come across, but he's behind him. Pass goes into Jorginho and he flicks it to Havertz, who has dropped deep again. So, like, this is something you may not expect, even if Jesus is playing or a dimensional nine, you wouldn't expect to have this many players in field. So, they, they create their own little box with, uh, Rice, Jorginho. Uh, and the double tens with uh, Erdogan and Havertz. Havertz plays a nice ball that wide. And a uh, uh, ball deep to, to Gabriel. And he then plays a ball that wide to three man and Zinchenko. And then from there, it's quite quick release. And I think actually um, the focus was, I think the focus on Sky was on Van Dyke, but Canate, is, is, he, he, he plays this really deep in the offside lines. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think you can really, I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot of distance between the two centre-halves, right? But Canate was going out, moving towards the ball for Martinelli. And Van Dijk was, um, because Mac had been drawn over to um, Havertz, he po- he, had, he was coming out to pressure um, Odegaard because there was no one there. And then they just work it around as beautiful, don't, beautifully, don't they, with a third-man run? I, I think when Zinchenko gets the ball, Canate uh, makes the decision, the unilateral decision, to, to drop and follow Martinelli. Yeah. However, the, the others haven't made that decision. So Trent has just pulled up and stopped ready to apply pressure onto Zinchenko, as he knows Martinelli is about to run behind him. Uh, Van Dijk's on halfway, and Gomez is also near halfway, checking the line. But at this moment, Canate has made the decision to drop, and he, he's just on, on his own. Uh, and that means that the line is staggered, and that makes that pass for Odegaard a lot easier. Yeah. Um, Sai, thoughts on the um, Arsenal um, goal? The, that is a rehearsed move that they've pr- worked on in training a lot. That's exactly what they wanted to achieve. And we didn't, we hadn't rehearsed preventing that happening. So what the stuff that Hamza was talking about last week on the Chelsea pod in the preview about their, their set pieces. Yeah. This is their in play set piece. Right. That this is the function that this is the utility of that uh, double 10. This yeah. is the whole pu- purpose it exists. And they want the the way to counteract this is for one of the centre backs that has to pop out and and pick up 
yeah. Odegaard or Havertz. You, you, really, it should be Ibu going with with Havertz. But I'm presuming because of the nature of our play this season, uh, that Ibu naturally is going to go and cover um, Trent. But Trent hadn't left Martinelli. Tre- Trent waited too long before he went to press Sinchenko, who had managed to get free down the left because Gakpo had come inside yeah. to to pick up Jorginho because Gravenberg had come, hadn't gone across quick enough and then he'd gone out to press too late, which made Gakpo come inside. This was all... So Arteta, he should have turned around uh, straight after this goal instead of celebrating like a twat. He should have just turned around and and high-fived his um, coaching team because this that, that is by design, that goal. So question for you, say si, right? Team sheet came out, say in the group straight away, Arsenal going to have about six bodies in centre mid today because they're going to do the same as the FA Cup. You, you saw ha- have it straight away. You knew it was going to be the same as the FA Cup, right? In that first half, Martin Overgaard was the key player for Arsenal. He was extremely good, right? In, in between the lines. Van Dijk made the decision on at least five occasions to be the one to pop out of the back line to go to Odegaard. Do you think that was a planned decision? Before the before the match, it has by, to be about it. Or do you think Virgil was just saying, "Shit, we've got to do something here. I'm going to step out and I'm going to go to Odegaard." It's not shit. It's not. It's not. Oh, uh, crikey! There is a big risk here. It's that's my job, right? So Odegaard. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't even have to be um, an instruction before the game. That there will always be an instruction before the game that it that if somebody drops off, one of the centre backs has to go with them. And one right. of them is going to clean behind. It's just part of the the understanding. It's part of the the three minute conversation before a game kicks off. So you think? So you, so you think it was part of the part of our game plan because to deal with their double time, which we thought they were going to play. Yeah. It has to be. And if it's not within three minutes, Hamza knew that that they were creating a box in midfield, and you have to contest that one one of two ways. And we cho- we chose neither. So we did get caught out by them, but we didn't adjust our tactics to cope with them. That, yeah. that, that, yeah, inverting one of the fullbacks, that works great when you're in possession. I like the idea of inverting Jones so that you've, so he's the one man marking. Yes. I think, I actually think it's a really good idea. But, but if that happens, you have to make sure somebody's marking Saka. Yeah. And we didn't. And Saka scored because we didn't. Yeah. Um, but um, it wasn't the only time Odegaard got between the lines in that. Um, he was constantly between the lines in the first half, wasn't he? Um, he, he? We should acknowledge he's an extremely good player. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone can begrudge that. Um, I think Arsenal got him cheap as well, didn't they? Because he was out of favour yeah. at Madrid. So, um, we, didn't, we didn't get a grip on him the entire half. No, we half. didn't. But it, it, as I said, if... <laughs> And Hamza, you know, we all knew it was going to be a, a two boxes effectively, you know, uh, two sixes, the two centre halves, two sixes and two tens, right? That, that's yeah. how they're going to work. They were going to make sure the fullback, their fullbacks were both designed not to go forward. That, we pretty much knew that from looking at the team sheet. If we didn't know that, that's a problem. But I would imagine they did have a conversation, but it still took us to half time to go, do you know what? Why don't we just play two double pivot? Yeah. Uh, it just, yeah, sometimes, you, like you said, the simplicity of just making that change, but. I don't know. Maybe we thought we could ride it out and change it well, later on, but it's just it. I was a guy who kept getting on the ball. Uh, Habits, I thought had it. If you look at some of the profile plots I've done, I think Habits had one of his better games for Arsenal. I've seen. Yeah, 
he's got uh, pizza slices everywhere, which is, shows you he's got a high percentage of shots, passes, XG, a whole lot. He's had a great game in that role, which is actually fundamentally where he played for Liverpool, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's not a shock that he played there. Um, and he dominated um, where we are. You know, it affected our ability. I think we, we would have decided to... you got to remember, VVD was popping out against Chelsea as well. Yeah. So it's not something that we we don't do. It just wasn't as effective. And that might also feed into one of the narratives we've said today already is we were just a little bit off. We were just proprioceptually. The timing wasn't quite off because we played intensely midweek. So it's not, we're not, we're getting there one, two seconds late and we're not playing Burnley. We're not playing Sheffield United where you can get away with yeah. it. We're playing Arsenal. We've yeah. had a week off and they're fresh. So that pattern of play move, as I said, they've got three or four of those that are absolutely amazing. But if we were at top flight, we could probably deal with that, but we weren't. We were half a second too slow in everything we did in the first half. Yeah, and there was another one a few minutes later where Odegaard worked in again and he got a shot from the edge of the box. He got yeah. a nice space and it was blocked. So then to be fair, if you let him shoot from the edge of the box, it, that's kind of what we do. We let we, we let you have a shot yeah. in the box. It, it's, the worrying stuff was the crosses into our box from the left and right that were becoming a, a problem because Saka was standing up, Gomez on the right as well, putting in balls uh, about 15, just after the 15 minute period. So there was issues in the wide areas. We just don't normally have that problem. Allowing people to shoot in front of us, that's, that's yeah. our tactic, isn't it? It's when you start having balls coming across is the issue. You realise that they're getting into the areas they want to get in to dominate and create chances they wanted. And the third yeah. round running was happening as well. And, and to be fair, even on the goal, I should have said, we didn't even credit Ali with the initial save from Havertz because another phenomenal one-on-one save. And we, he essentially was unlucky that it involved straight, uh, straight to... To Saka. be fair, if Gomez had just got up a bit, Saka was offside. Right. Gomez, um, not Gomez, sorry, Canate plays uh, Saka onside. But if he actually got up with the rest of the line, he, uh, Saka's offside. So Ali would have bagged us out there. It's a very, well, it's a very technical thing, and then might have been that. Well, and, and, and Ali saves there. another big chance from Havertz on thirty-eight minutes. Yeah, um, and this is what this is what you want. This is the classic Kai Havertz. He just he never looked like convincing like he was going to score, did he? He just no. I think he was quite a tame little right footer straight at Ali, wasn't it? But yeah, he, 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 so he could have. Yeah, yeah, he could have about did about ten things with that shot, and he did none of them. Sure. So again, in that instance where they scored, yeah, they had a little bit of. Uh, yeah, they created their own fortune, should we say? You know, yeah, because they had man, yeah, and that, but yeah, it was just a shame that Ali parried it and it went straight to them. Yeah, he parries um, that another day. It goes over the bar, it goes wide, doesn't it? And they don't score. Yeah. Um, anything else in the first half, Hamza, that you'd like to mention that we haven't particularly? Oh, I forgot to mention the um, the, the jotted chance that wasn't a shot in the first ten seconds. Oh yeah, as in uh, as it just in... bounces off him, does it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean that goes in, and that's a that's a direct play, but like mentioned earlier like uh, if you go man to man and if they lose that, that contest at the back for that for that first ball then all bets are off uh so yeah there's, there's, there are moments where it looked like it might have worked and it just occurred to me that maybe one of the reasons Liverpool struggled to, to just adjust was because the presence of Rice and Jorginho didn't expect Jorginho to play uh it might have they may they may have just thought that Zinchenko would have come inside soon and created like a so the three box three is three two two three. They may have expected if Zinchenko came in alongside Rice and Jorginho, then they would have had a three three two two double ten wingers or wingers the, double tens. Uh, and then so Cody would have dropped on him, right? Yeah, that that may have been just one of the concerns why why they struggled to to adjust because they were wondering where where Zinchenko would play and if, if he came inside, how that would actually give him a, a, an overload infield. Uh, it didn't actually like come to pass, but uh, that may have just been one of the sort of things I think about. 
Um, and I just uh, on the final one in the first half, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold's only 17 passes in that first half, Hamza. I mean, when your best player on the ball is so not involved, it means the opposition have done a number on you, right? Yeah, I think there's, there's three occasions I remember where he put them all in the box. One was like in the first 10 minutes, one was intercepted uh, onto the keeper and then one was to Diaz on the edge of the box. But yeah, uh, it's so much on Liverpool's play uh, and we've spoken about this many times this season. What depends on that right side rotation. It helps when you've got Salah uh, because uh, he's strong, he's uh, he's physical, he's quick, he can link play. Uh, and, and that just gives defenders more to worry about and gives Trent a bit more time. But yeah, he, he was stuck out on the wing and Liverpool just couldn't access him as much as they would have liked. And in the moments where he did get the ball, it was rush play, it was into feet, out of feet, look, uh, well, look up, out of feet, and then cross in rather than linking play uh, and setting tempo. But um, oh, the other thing in the first half, of course, is uh, the goal. Oh, we'll come on to that in a second, but yeah, um, for our goal, sorry, yeah. But I just wanted to ask Sai um, another thing about his stats as well for this one. Sai, you went into the bag of tricks, uh, bag of stats for Chelsea and pulled out some absolute doozies. Um, have you got anything for the Arsenal game? Anything? Any, do we want to cover our possession control <laughs> in this match uh, like possession- we've been doing in recent weeks? Yeah, our possession, possession control is w- way down. Let's say I was once at the other W word you used in the stats group to us. They said this is a whole bag of wank. Whole bag of wank. Our average possession control this season as a team is uh, minus sixty-seven, and in this game it was mi- minus one hundred and twelve. Any particularly egregious culprits? Um, well, just everyone. Oh God, everybody. Um, that we had um, the Jomez was down a little bit. Um, uh, Trent's possession control per 90, given that he came off, was uh, given that he wasn't also making any kind of progressive metres per pass or any of that nonsense, um, was down at 23, which is garbage. Um, When Robbo eventually came on, his was minus 29. Um, Gakpo, who doesn't touch the ball, was given the way, was minus 11. He only made six passes all games. How can he have a possession control of minus 11? Because you've, if you lose it every time you get the ball, basically, that uh, it extrapolates over... over oh, my game. word. Yeah. yeah, it was just... Nobody was retaining possession well. Even Mac was at minus 10. Well, I think it was, the, was the Bournemouth game. I think you said he had the highest possession control by a midfielder for three years. Exactly. And Matt, so Mac and CJ combined were minus 21. Yeah. And against Chelsea, there were plus seven. We were just giving the ball away because they were clogging up midfield and they they were just picking us off, basically. Yeah, and Jones, we always praise him for his amazing pass accuracy. Down to 77 in that first half. That's not... Yeah, that is there's a free no options. It was, there, yeah. there was no options. This is not a defence of CJ. No one was playing well, but there were literally no options. Yeah. No one was making good angles, so they were just getting picked off. So all, so basically the conclusion is we don't need to go into the advanced stats for any players because they were all wank. They were all wank, as was the XG. <laughs> so, yeah, at both ends. Right, um, how did we equalise, say? Just a bit of luck. I, I, I've watched that back so many times, and I actually still don't know how we actually equalised. 
We we eventually it's the one time I think in the game where we caused them. I appreciate that they dealt with it and it was just a bit of luck, but we caused them a little instability in their structure by knocking the ball over the top and Diaz's effort um, just to get in. Incidentally, Diaz has played. I think it might surprise most uh, of the of the front four. He's played the most minutes since uh, Mo's out. Um, uh, and I, I feel like he's kind of found him ground himself into some kind of form without really looking spectacular. Um, but it was proper. It was like Jota like effort to get just to fight, 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 get yeah. in behind. I hate that stupid defending, and that cost us at the other end as well. Um, and it, it just it was quite amusing that it went in off uh, Gabriel's hand because he's a prick. He also held off the defender really well from Manny's ball, didn't he? He like showed a bit of physical. I'm not going to let you win this. Yeah, fight, first fight, fight. fight, 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 and then he played it back, and Grab actually did something with the ball. So that's good. Um, but let's talk about the fun stuff. If there was, it was one-one. We come out, we change the tactics, uh, and then we have 59% of the ball, three shots to two. Two shots to one in the box. I'm looking at touches in the box in that period. We also I think we also uh, better seven to six. Yeah. So it was we were slightly edging it in that well, period. They still they still are XG us. We have point two one, they're point seven six. Yeah, that was from the um Pieces. Gabrielle set piece, wasn't it? Yeah. Which which there this I, I wanted to talk about really was the um I think we can talk about bit by bit granular the minutes of the game. I don't really think it tells you anything. We lost. No, I just well, I just wanted to focus on this period of the t- the game just because we were actually it was what it was one one and we were actually before the subs and we and, and you know our changes had worked and we were it was a fifty fifty game at that point where nothing particularly was happening. Yeah, yeah, we've got control of a nothing particularly happening game for sure. I think we can talk it up as much as we like. It, nothing was really happening. Um, and they were still a threat from set pieces, as Hamza pointed out. That goes back to that stats. Like we can talk about stats in in some positive way. The positive, relatively positive stats, if you just look at the numbers, were um, can, were our centre back aerial dominance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, all of their good chances came from either a significant mistake from our defence, which included yeah. the centre backs, or three headers inside the six yard box. Yeah. So great that they headed the ball away on the halfway line, but when it matters in the middle of the six yard box, neither of them were there. The um, Canate won one um, tricky header, one competitive header in in between the posts. Yeah. Um, Hamza, size, size, size. It was a bit of a nothing game. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit on the view. I thought we turned it into a. A game in our favour with our simple switches. What do, what do you think of that that period after the halftime? Uh, there's there's a chance or two where a shot didn't come about. There was a cutback from the left side. Uh, I can't remember who played the ball, but I think Jota missed the the opportunity to 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 get the shot away. It was just behind him. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm closer to to, to Sy on this. Uh, I don't okay. think too much happening. Uh, there there is potential and. Sometimes I fall the other way, and sometimes you get a clean yeah. shot goes in. But uh, I, I don't think there was. It was a calmer period in which Liverpool had more control in the first half and kept Arsenal a bit further away from goal. But yeah, um, and and that set piece as well. I mean, they did it in in the the, the league match. The Gabriel set piece, the same routine. They did it against Brighton as well. Uh, the sort of 
checking back and then jumping forward. Uh, it's a routine that they do uh, a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm close to silence. It, it, it was, in fairness to Darth, the only shot on target in the game during this period. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah. Um our subs, um, hi, Hamza. Um, what was the? What do you think was thinking behind those? Slightly earlier than normally on our pre-planned stuff. And over, most important question is, did they work? Uh, I, I, I don't think they did work. Um, yeah. So uh, Nunez and Harvey and Robo came on for Trent, Grav, and Gakpo. Uh, Gomez went to right back. Uh, Robertson obviously went to left back, uh, and Harvey so conventional back four, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Harvey went into midfield and Vinyard during the front line, uh, but it was hard to sort of um involve Darwin as much as but we didn't go direct like the FA Cup game, did we? No, I, th- I think he only got 12 touches, I think. Um, uh, trying to. Yeah, it, yeah. So um, I think ha- having Trent on that side to, to, to ping those passes into to Nunez would have helped. So that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gomez, as good as he, as he is with able with being able to at centre back punch passes through midfield and start attacks, he doesn't have and he does have good delivery as well. Uh, he doesn't have that 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 sight that um, Trent has to pick passes out in behind. But I think that would have served Nunez a bit better. Uh, Elliot. Uh, didn't quite have the the, the 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 heft about him to, to compete in midfield either. Uh, I'm just going to double check his um he lost his two ground jewels and lost his two aerial jewels. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, minus five overall for that. Yeah, I, I don't think it. it yeah, uh, sort of base that was established uh, in the um, that first ten ten minutes and a half. But I think. Absolutely. Yeah, so it felt like uh, it swung slightly back towards Arsenal. Yeah, but it fe- I felt like we sort of we just got ourselves back in and we kind of gave it away. I think I, I felt like that to me anyway. I mean, I, I, am, I, am I being negative, Nelly? There? No, I think you're right. I I was puzzled by the he seemed to change his mind as well because at one point there was one player unkitted, then there was two, then there was three. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but uh, I mean, Nunes had like one point. Four percent of our possession. I know he's only on for a limited time, but given in mind Thiago was on for far less and had the same amount, 
percent of the possession tells you how little we got Nunes involved. Yeah, um, it's just I just thought it, if you got, for me if you're going to make that for me Nunes should have been on at half time. Yeah. Particularly the way we started second half, we we started to put balls in the channel, which is exactly how you get Nunes involved in that kind of yeah. game. That was the moment to do that. I I don't, and this is where I I I question whether Trent what was I don't understand and Robbo. that. And Robbo. Well, Robbo, I can kind of see, right? Okay, fair enough. He was, what, 13 weeks he was out, wasn't he? Yeah, but for me, the obvious move, if if Trent was fully fit, was to play him in midfield. Right. He's done that before. And because Harvey, for me, was never going to physically compete against Arsenal, right? Is he going to be good enough technically on the ball to compete against? He was playing up against Rice and Jorginho. No offence, but that's that's a tough ask for him, right? So... His what we chatted about last game is his ability to hold hold possession higher up. That would have yeah. been limited because he's uh, who he's up against. I really question that decision, and therefore I'm I'm a little bit. I'm not. I mean, Trent didn't have a great half, but I'm still saying he can't have been he can't have been fit because for me that was the obvious choice. Put him in midfield. You can change the shape around a bit. You've got three athletic players, tall, big, can get on the ball, can create something, and that would have been perfect to have Nunes higher up. Trent would have started feeding him. You'd have a traditional back four. It would have given us a platform, I think, to get back into the game or carry on or just see it out as, as one all. But the Harvey change for me was, it's just not, I just don't think this was the game to bring Harvey on. I, know, I'm yeah. not, I think he's done well when he's come on as sub. He has really, but yeah. this for me, just for 40 minutes, for 45 minutes, nearly 50 minutes of play he had to do, I'm not sure this was the right right choice. But maybe we limited ourselves with options. That's where I'm. I'm just looking at that. We haven't got an injury crisis, but we've got an injury in terms of uh, limited options in that area. Yeah. Um. So, the goal, the decisive moment of the match, um, and it's um, I don't think. Do, do you know the mad thing on the up to stats are? Do you know who got the defensive error? Ali. Yeah. How the fuck is that right? Anyway. So that goal on TV, they still they they looked at it four hundred times and still blamed Ali. Yeah. That's why. I mean, I'd say that goal is ninety nine percent Verge and one percent Ali. You know, um, but uh, I, that... I, I wouldn't even attribute anything to Ali. He, he he would have cleared the ball if Virgil hadn't been in the way. Yeah, because he's his, he his Virgil's brain would have cleared the ball, and, yeah. and Virgil's foot, Virgil's uh, hip got in the way, and, and then Virgil. The only reason that happened was because Havertz. You know, pushed Burge in and he went into and blocked the Vladdy's boot, didn't he? So Martinelli did so. But yeah, um, why does Virgil? Why? Why? How? How do pros end up the, where they make a routine one in ten thousand mistake? Where Virgil has no hesitation in clearing anything, right? Anything aerial coming in, you clear the danger. He never lets it bounce. What? What is it about? You've been in the dressing room, sir. You're the only one who can talk about this. What is that? How is it that? Mis- Senior pros, world-class players can have such brain fakes. Like I don't even think it was a brain fart. I think it was actually representative of what happened in the game because he let it happen earlier in the game as well. And Ibu let, let it happen. He let the ball bounce three times and he got booked twice because of it. Like the aggressiveness of our centre-backs, it looks nice on paper, but in this game, it was relatively terrible and it cost us significantly for, for, a, for different reasons. But allowing the ball to bounce first, just clear the damn ball. They what I think I wonder if maybe during like leading into the game they were worried about giving away possession too cheaply. So if we have it, they can't score, and it maybe went too high in the priorities. The only time we clear we just whacked the ball clear was after that Ibu did it on the halfway line. 
right. when we were under a little bit of risk and he just cleared. When we were already 2-1 down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, <laughs> we were too busy trying to retain possession and play back out again when uh, it was just a big misjudgment of risk. Yeah. And they still need a lot of luck going their way for it to... Yeah. Even that misjudgment, if the timing of that shove had happened at any other tenth of a second... It, yeah. it it wouldn't have ended up with the same result. But, but under tens are told, don't let the ball bounce. Just clear it. Yeah. Get your head yeah, on it yeah. But but also under tens are told, don't play your ball across the box. And we do it twelve times a game. <laughs> yeah. So all those things we talked about, completely out tactics and outplayed first half, going level, come out fighting, and then it still takes a horrendous schoolboy mistake to basically you not even want it takes two because because even at two one down, we I my feeling <laughs> is that their brains were fried because of who had made the mistake. Yes. Then you feel like Bart's was saying, Oh, it's not our day. Because Virgil just screwed. And, and to be fair, a lot of the other players wouldn't have known whether it was Virgil or Ali. Because it looked like it could have been Ali. But either way, two of our biggest players made a, a huge gaff which gave them a goal from no from nothing. They had to create nothing to get there, right? So that has the dynamic systems theory, real issues psychologically amongst the rest of the team there. But even at that that point, we were only two one down. They weren't creating anything. We easily we're Liverpool this season. We we scored more goals than anybody else in the last uh, twenty five minutes of the game. Yeah. If we if we had managed to muster anything in the last in the next fifteen minutes, we easily could have could have uh, left that with a 2-2 draw. It wouldn't have been unusual at Arsenal either. They know we, we're coming for them. We've come, we've uh, screwed them late in games many times. Yeah. So their psyche would have been that we're so, coming at some point, but we didn't manage to patch anything together. So why was our attack so poor at 2-1 down? I don't think we connected anything. I just think physically we were tired at the beginning of the game. At yeah. 60 minutes, having that happen as well psychologically... It was just all the energy was sucked out of the system. Yeah. We did nothing after their goal. Yeah. Uh, there was the there was the McAllister volley, wasn't it? That went, you know, for a crowd of players and wide. But that was Mac from the edge of the box. Mac was our top shooter in the game. Mac was our top shooter. Yeah, yeah. Three shots, a... missed the goal three times. <laughs> um, can I say, Ali did save his third big chance of the match as well from Kyriog. I mean, how could you come away from a game like that and Alisson still saves three big chances? Six big chances given up. It's the most we've given up in a game. Well, Napoli last year. Napoli oh, last Premier year. League. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just, just to support size point, our passing chain length around that time that Sai's talking about is the longest it is in the game. Right. So the, so the percentage of our passes that were involved in a in a 10-plus passing chain was the highest point around that time, which backs up what Sai's trying to say about. We would... We but also were in trying, a, yeah. But we were trying to zero at that point, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's because I think we were generally yeah. going right. Let's just see out the next 10, 15 minutes, keep the ball, and then do what we did in the FA Cup and try and nick it in the last little bit, or we go out with a one-all draw. And I think equally, our possession was highest for each fifteen-minute period after that time, and our passing success was higher than Arsenal's as well. So that all backs up our game plan at that point. I think was retain possession. Don't give it away. Just see if we can nick something in the last five, ten minutes and see how Arsenal feel about it going that late, being one all in a massive game. Yeah. And, we gave it, and we just gave it to him. Yeah. Do, do, you know, do you know, Dad, that there's a stats pod 
This is both the highest XG we've given up in the Premier League and it's uh, the game we've had the fewest um, touches in the box and the lowest percentage. This So equal with... Uh, we had 12 touches in the box, which is equal to Brighton and Crystal Palace away from three, two, three years ago, 281, 287 game. Um, uh, during the um, the classic uh, your son playing period um, where we were shit that season. And um, this is the lowest scoring we've been in that as well. We scored seven from 12 touches in the box against Crystal Palace at one point, um, which has just absolutely blew my mind. But this is the lowest percentage of our touches that happened to be in the box at 1.13% of, of our total touches happened to be in the opposition yeah. box. This, as an attacking force, we were totally inept in the greatest yeah. way whilst giving up the most XG. And, and even that was a culmination of, like, they got 0.96 XG from one chant, from one got from their goal. It could like if the first shot had gone in, it couldn't have happened. Do you know what I mean? It was a combination. So some some statisticians like Kaylee wouldn't have added those two chances together because it could only ever result in yeah. one goal. But anyway, I don't really bother about that because anytime you concede more than two XG, it's bad. And we conceded three and a half, so you know there's no point nitpicking over you know the the last one and a half of it. But um, yeah, um, but it's still the worst we've done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely shocking. And six big chance differential. We didn't create a single. I think the fact more the fact that we didn't create any as well is just much just as much of a concern as conceding six. That's that's the thirtieth time out of four hundred and eighty-two clock games. I think it is four hundred and eighty-two. Yeah. Um, but Hamza, to be fair, right, you did say Arsenal have set up with a, a back four. The fullbacks weren't going to advance. They had Rice and um, Jorginho in front, and they just sat even deeper after going two one up, right? And they just they saw. To be fair to Arsenal, they saw the game out pretty with, with pretty you know with not very much alarm. Yeah, I, I guess what one question could be in in a situation like this: what's the best way to to use Nunez? Uh, because one of the changes that Liverpool made in the FA Cup was so long. At, at, at White, right? Against White. And no, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, obviously, you're now saying this with, with hindsight, so it's, yeah. it's very different. Um, but j- just thinking of how the team was set up on the right side, for example, with, with Elliot, who likes to cut, come inside, and Gomez, who has pace and cover, uh, and given the largest share of possession that you would expect to have as as Arsenal trying to defend a lead, having someone like Jota in the middle to link, yeah, letter uh, and letting Nunez run in either from the right, or the right or the left uh, might have worked. But um, yeah, as it, but it, it, it's, it's hard work to just to, to break down uh, a four four two, especially when you're missing when, when Trent's come off and you haven't got Salah. Uh, yeah. Etc. Et but yeah, uh, at this point, you, you'd expect Arsenal to win, uh, given they've got the, the, the game set advantage. They want to play in the break, and their best players are all very good in the break. Havertz, Martin, yeah. Saka, and, they're, and they're the best defence in the league. Yeah, the, the main change as well. Sorry, uh, but uh, but yeah, you'd, you'd expect at this opportunity that uh, that Arsenal favourites um, see the game out. So yeah, you, yeah, not too much to, to add on on this, but um, maybe yeah. it's really interesting to to, to, to move. Um, uh, DS to to the left or the right, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, 
some a um, lot of uh, people upset late on um, Bart's with the inconsistency over the referee. And uh, whilst there's no, there's but there's absolutely no complaint that um, Ibu Kanati should have been sent off for that. It was a it was a clear second deal, right? Like, yeah, to be honest with you, I mean, you know, I've got a lot of Arsenal friends in the family. That's yes. the only thing that the only thing they gave me was they thought it was hard for Kanate to be sent off. Yeah. So um, I don't know whether that how well I tell you, but I think the the foul on is it Nunes beforehand from their centre half, yeah, exactly the same Gabriel. thing, and he was on a yellow as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't think it really changes the game because I, I do think once we Virgil makes that error, I think everything goes out of our yeah of our motivation. But I think it might have stopped. I don't think we can see the third. Put it that way, with eleven players on the pitch, I don't think we can see the third. I think I think um, I am particularly annoyed though at you know. Now we're going to miss Canate for a game, but Harvey could easily have taken the yellow for him, right? He could have just hacked yeah, but because he gave just, the ball. Just, the thing is, he gave the ball away with a shit ball in, right? And he wasn't fast enough to get back in front of Havertz, and, he could and, have then, taken he, him down. and then he didn't foul him as well. So he yeah, didn't do this anything. Is, this is looting away again. Right. This is the same problem when you've got that player dealing with stopping the breakaway. That's going to happen, and yeah. that was my problem with putting Harvey on in this kind of game. It's the same situation. It's not his fault. He's not going to beat up, or sorry, to beat up. He's not going to physically. Well, I would like to see him try player. actually beat him yeah, up. Yeah, just, just hack him down <laughs> and, so, and take the yellow, not give it not, yeah. not expose the Ibu. But it's, it's, this is a repeat offender. He's, he is consistently at the scene of a crime for a breakaway goal. Yeah, well, should we talk about the third one then? <laughs> <laughs> You've just said it. You put a shit ball in, the ball, if ball's released, he doesn't take the player down. Yeah. Um, and then he, he's. he's He's through, isn't he? he he's, he's knocked it. So the third goal is he's knocked it around, isn't he? Goes to press, they knock it around him, and yeah. Trossard is steams down the left, down the left hand side. And you got and Harvey toiling after the speedster of, um, yeah, Leandro Trossard down yeah. the wing. Yeah. Now you, you, this is a difference because sorry, you're saying that's 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 a cross, right? Deflected in. Yeah. 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 Whereas Darth, you think that's a, a deliberate shot as a nutmeg on Ali. No, 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 because it clearly comes off Van Dijk. I ah, think it was a shot from Trossard, right? And I guess think oh, that it was a well, bad shot. It wasn't it was a bad shot. Yeah. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. So yeah, and, and it, but it does nick off Van Dijk's toes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess I guess thought there was. I, all my only point was there was a big hole in Ali's long barrier, which is if he was on the boundary at cricket, but you'd be steaming at him, wouldn't you, for that? Oh, I would be. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think sometimes he's not expected. Yeah, he, he's not. Yeah. Expected. He he read the cross. Yeah, he, yeah. he'd read the go across and. He, it's just one of them, isn't it? It's yeah. another a day of one of them. Uh, but again, you know, I, you know, the, the, the simple solution is, you know, we had Diaz at right back at this point as well, which was manic. Yeah. But yeah, just just don't let Tiaz Trossard, the player like Trossard, run thirty meters into the box. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't get passed around. Take that, him out, that, take that, that is one thing I just think it did, it was incidental by the end of the game, right? Yeah. 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 It was. What the fuck are you doing? Diaz at right back. Yeah. CJ's literally played right back. Yeah. And you put you put in you're putting Curtis Jones on the left wing and Diaz at right back. Now, Who do we have on the bench? Did we not have No, you, we we is it just, put one of the kids on, but it doesn't matter. Like, is it just symptomatic of being a really, really, really bad day at the office? Just weird. What yeah. I don't understand why you take him from being left wing to play and then right play back. somebody else left wing. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, and asking yeah. us basically the whole w- whole wing as well to try and get up and support anything we are going to do the other way. Yeah, it didn't. It, it was didn't. it was just like uh, I said in the group that this this year, uh, the opposite of last year, nearly every decision Klopp's made this year has worked. 
Yes. And yeah. this was this was the hopefully the one game where every decision he made was terrible. Literally everything did with everything half-time shape, yeah. was terrible. And yeah. and, uh, and I, I kind of made the point <clears throat> after the game if you consider this the emotional stress of the last two weeks for him for the squad Conor yeah. Bradley yeah. yeah. Ups and downs. It doesn't have to be bad. Just the emotional strain of the ups and downs of the last two weeks. Okay. Let's just say that's. Let's write this game off to that. Right. So I was going to ask you to try and finish on a on, on a on a bullish point, right? So as I said at the start, I here here we are at the top of the league with all these problems. Um, we've got a week now. What do we need to do from this point onwards, say, to make sure that this game or this performance doesn't happen again? Well, over and, the, win the, and win the league, yeah, hopefully. We have five full rest days in the next two weeks. Five. We've had five full rest days since the 9th of December. So let's not ju- let's not just rest. Let's let's actively put systems in place. Let's rehearse in a way that we've not been able to because we have too many games so we can refine our process. The lads can peak and then you can line up your dominoes to play in the next 12 games before the international break. And what would you, what would you do with um, the, Europa, the Europa League's coming back in a month? Uh, we've got you've, got to, you've got to try to, you can't, you, you, we're not, we're half pregnant now. You have to go to win every game. <laughs> we're half pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is that, have you got that analogy the wrong way round? Oh, but you've got to go. Yeah. You've got to go no, I, I, you're all in now, aren't you? You're all in. Yeah, you so have to be. Go for it. Yeah. Right. The, the, the thing for me, City are playing back to back now for this whole period till we play them. And Arsenal, right. and Arsenal having gone from having a load of break and now playing back to back, I think, after this week. So it swings around the other way. Whereas we've been manic playing back to back, back to back. We now have some one breaks in between. We, we have, have one expect- it still could be quite important for us, whereas they are literally batter, 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 batter. And Arsenal, it's very important for them because they're still learning to manage that batter, batter, high, high competitive game. So they're into the last 16, is it last 16 of the Champions League? Whatever it is. Yeah. 32. So that that's a different situation for them to work on. They won't have the glorious nature of a week's worth of training to go and play top side. They're literally going to be no training now for the next block of games. That's quite important to think about in the context of the title race. Okay. And we might have like, we might have Mo back on the bench for Burnley, maybe. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then you got Thiago back. You've got sure. some player numbers coming. Can I back just say though, to try and... we do have a very big. I think we have a fixture which I I'm calling in my own head the final frontier, which is Brentford away. Yeah. In in this in about two weeks time, and both times we played them in the Premier League at their place, they have absolutely battered us. We got a draw in one of the games, but they have physically battered us, and I think that is a humongous challenge for this manager. With um, given what's happened previous on the two previous visits, but there we go. We shall see. Um, final word to, to you, Hamza. Anything you want to do? Give you the last word on this one. Uh, I wouldn't read too much in the subs. I mean, Tiago coming on was pretty much great last round anyway. So like after that, like yeah, Tiago's right back. But... Yeah, <laughs> you got any positives to finish on? Uh, Bullish, bullishness. Tiago, that was cool, wasn't it? I got yeah. the and came on. I was like, oh, that's really, that's really something, isn't it? But, uh, but yeah, as in, 
I, I, I would, there's probably only one other team that can put in a, a possession performance like this uh, against us in the league, and that, that City, uh, and they'll have to do that in Anfield. So I, I don't think as good as Arsenal's play was out of possession in terms of stacking us in the first half, I don't think many other teams are going to be able to replicate that. So for the, for the majority of the remainder of the season, dealing with that specific setup is, is not really going to be a big deal. Uh, so it's just a continuation of doing what, what worked well. Uh, so I think largely the team will be able to pick up and be, be fine. Uh, yeah. The City's the only sort of a big sort of um, fixture left, right? Yeah, I mean, so home. United away, but United away, Everton away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the City's the only sort of one that's because like yeah, you yeah, I, I don't care yeah. about big games. I, I'm going to leave it with uh, a rolling ten. We're on for eighty-seven points. City are on for eighty. Fuck them. Nice one. Nice. Right, we will be back after the Burnley game. Until then, up the fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.